It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on webmasterradio.fm. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. Net Income helps you get the most revenue using various streams of income. More money, more money, more money. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling, Jeremy Shoemaker. Hey, everybody. What is up? Today is May 29th. I'm your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, a.k.a. Shoe Money, and today I am excited to have with me the Microsoft Ad Center team. Are you guys all with me? Hey, Jeremy. Hey, okay, so do you guys just want to introduce yourself one by one here? Sure. So um, this is Jeannie Dumont. I'm the manager of the community team for Ad Center. Hey, Jeremy, this is Natala Menezes. I'm a product manager on Ad Center. Hey, this is Brian Bolin. I'm also a product manager on Ad Center handling advertiser segments. And my name is James Coven. I am a, a group manager running uh, Ad Center Communications team. Okay, awesome. Well, welcome to the show. We had a we have a lot of questions for you guys. Um, first off, is there? I guess we can kind of talk about it, uh, you guys first. Do you have any uh, big plans, big exciting things going on that you you kind of want to talk about first? So I think probably the biggest thing will be um, for, for the audience, and uh, this is James speaking, and probably the easiest to tell with a British accent, um, is that uh, we're going to be doing quite a lot uh, at uh, SMX, which is going to be coming up in the next week or so here in Seattle. So um, we're going to have parties um, for everyone to enjoy and uh, a number of notable speakers plus a booth, plus we'll be bringing in um, a new member of staff named Satcher, and he'll be working on our um, um, uh, the platform and uh, the website consumer piece of uh, of, of both search and um, advertising platform, and as a result, I'm very uh, excited to tell you that uh, he'll be doing the keynote as well. So I think that that, uh, that area in itself is uh, something that uh, warrants a lot of excitement, and we're all uh, looking forward to next week. Yeah, I was I was really looking forward to going to SMX. Unfortunately, I had some other stuff come up, and I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm really disappointed. I talked to Danny actually yesterday about it, and he had mentioned that... Um, is it Satya who's going to be doing the keynote? Yes, it is. And also he's going to be uh, doing a few forum sessions, it looks like, as well. So it looks really good. I, I'm sure it's going to be an excellent conference, and uh, everybody in that area or, or wants to go. It's the uh, the big kickoff of, of the SMX revolution, so need to get on board with that. Yeah, and uh, contrary to uh, stereotype, it's actually uh, hot and sunny in the 70s here at the moment as well, so uh, it won't be too uh, rainy as well. Excellent. How many of your uh, team are, are going to the SMX? So I think we're going to have fair uh, coverage. Brian, who's, who's on the call here today, he'll be doing one of the panels. We have another couple of folks who will be uh, speaking on different areas from uh, bidding to uh, many of the sort of roundtables round that have been set up. Plus, I think as it's close by, we'll have um, a number of representatives from Ad Center, and um, obviously, as with most shows, the uh, community team will be there in full force looking after uh, many people and soliciting feedback and uh, really sort of uh, trying to help out as much as they can. Yeah, and, we're, and just for people that are listening, we're talking about the uh, the Search Marketing Expo conference series, which is starting um, next week. It looks like, I think the dates on it is June 4th and 5th in Seattle, so right in Microsoft's backyard as well. So uh, you guys have probably quite a showing there of, of staff and, and whatnot. So you guys are, we basically have the uh, a big 
part of the Ad Center team here with us on the phone, and we have a lot of questions for them first. But uh, we, I was just curious, like, do you guys have uh, any new features rolling out or anything you wanted to talk about first right before we jump into some of the questions, or do you just want to dive into it? I think we can probably dive right into it. We do have a release coming up in the near future, um, and we just had a release come out a few weeks ago with um, some really exciting features in it. This is Natala, by the way. Um, sure. One of my, my favorite features was our full-text feature, full-text search functionality that launched in the last release. Um, but I think we'd probably love to just start with answering your questions about the current product. Sure, sounds good. One of the big questions people had, I noticed it came up quite a bit, I had it in emails as well as comments, was that on the left-hand side of the search results, um, uh, people made comments and said, ask them to move the related search below the sponsored search in order to help improve CTRs. Is that something that you guys are looking into at all? I, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about related searches um, and searcher behavior is that what we actually see is that end users who use the search related searches functionality use it to narrow their search, and they're actually more likely to convert on their secondary searches than on their primary searches. Um, so it's sort of interesting because the overall, it's, it's sort of a complicated thing, but the overall click-through rate may change on the initial search, but on the refined search, you see an increase and in an increase in conversions. So the net-net advertiser impact has been neutral to positive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some of the, go ahead. Did you have a question on that too? No. Yeah. Well, just um, it, it kind of led into uh, there was a few questions about why you think maybe the the click through ratio was lower versus other search engines. Yeah. So let me t talk to that. I mean, the the, the click through rate um, and um, conversion rate for that factor is something that um, you know we have seen um, a range of different responses from different customers that we've seen, and I would imagine that this is something that um, you know is potentially commonplace amongst a number of engines based upon the variables which are pretty much in control of the advertiser themselves. So um, we've seen customers who've seen uh, phenomenal click-through rates. Um, we've seen customers who've seen not so good click-through rates. So it's really sort of there's so many variables, so many verticals, so many different areas that, um, you know, in this sort of instance, I was actually, when I first read the questions on um, that were on the website in terms of response to the radio show, I was actually a little bit surprised by the actual call on click-through rate, seeing as there's so much that the individual can do to work on it um, and, sure. and improve their copy. And, and you know, the question is also fluctuations around um, conversion rate as well. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we uh, continue to um, uh, engage a company out of Boston called Competing who acts as a third party to make sure that we're measuring our conversion rates um, across the industry. And, um, you know, we haven't seen um, any um, evidence that would suggest that our conversion rate isn't as good, if not better, in most instances than, uh, than the other engines. So it, it's sort of a a question that's really hard to answer because it's almost as how long is a piece of string based upon the number of variables. But, uh, you know, if there are specific areas that, that, that need to focus on, we are, you know, continually to sort of put information on the blog where people can go and read best practices, how to improve, you know, many of the functions that they're looking at. So I'd recommend in that scenario to keep up to date with what we're putting out there to, you know, see what, uh, what could be different. Uh, maybe our audience is different. There's just so many different variables. You know, if I could add a little bit to that as well, um, one thing that I, I noticed was nobody actually specified, like, the search network or content network where they were advertising on other things. And I know you guys are going to be rolling out 
uh, a content network eventually. So it's like, um, you know, I think a lot of times in, in content network and, and some of the other engines are having a bit of trouble with, you know, what's called MFAs or made for AdSense or made for whatever sites where they might get a, a much higher click-through ratio but a, a much worse return on investment. So I think just to use that one metric of CTR and say, you know, why do you think that without, you know, explaining yourself as, as you know, just on the search network alone or something like that, it's, it's a hard question to answer, so. I appreciate yeah, you taking and a and crack out of there. I mean, you had a nice uh, commentary on there as well, which is it, it does vary by medium so much. So, you know, we will continue to make sure that we are trying uh, to educate and continue to put information out that gives people more insight. And as we move into the content area, we'll continue to do so there with the, with the you know, here's some of the areas that, you know, you may need to look at that could improve the performance. Plus, of course, we've got a lot of work that's being done in our Ad Center Labs area that's looking at, you know, what can we do with customers to help them improve their click-through rate and whether there are um, whether there are call to action words or whether there are uh, variables that you can put into a creative that will indeed um, generate a better click-through rate on our system and as you um, read through best practices that are published you may see this information sort of um, fed into that so uh, keep on the lookout for that sort of information because we're starting to feed that into all the information that we provide awesome um, another question we had was um, when ads go live you know, it seems like, or it seems like there's just delays in, in getting ads live, and then when you actually cancel it, there's delays in, in the time that it cancels. Um, is there, are there plans to improve that that lag time there? So, um, I think that you know we we have got an um, sort of a, a an area of time where we look at to have ads. It's it's not. Uh, immediate, as in sort of seconds uh, and minutes, but it's not days. We're looking at maybe one, one to four hours, which is which is where we're looking at in terms of the amount of time that it takes to get an ad up or an ad down. So, you know, if there are areas where you're seeing beyond that and it's and it's longer, then that's something that we aren't necessarily in a position uh, to comment on on this call because it's something that's contrary sure. to, to to what we believe. However, um, all through this um, so this this radio show, uh, Jeannie's given me a. Um, email alias to, uh, to 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 give you all that goes through to AdCenter 411 in the in, in the blogs and the forums who will be able to potentially answer the questions and the email alias is adc411 at microsoft.com. So if there's anything contrary to what we're talking about today on the show, feel free to email that alias and uh, we'll potentially look at uh, each each of those areas in turn. So what what were the um, I. I think if you said it, the actual expected delays that one could expect, like when they submit an ad until it goes live, on average? On average, one to four hours. Okay. Well, I don't think that's too out of line with anything else. I mean, I think that's probably right in line. So as far as like a delay, I know um, one time I, I I canceled it and I was, uh, there was a, a kind of a delay, you know, from the time it got canceled, but that was before. And just speaking on that, I mean, like, what stage would you guys say you're in now? I mean, are you out of beta officially going yeah, so into... AdSense is out of beta. Now, content ads is is still in pilot, um, or beta as you want to call it. But when we're looking at AdCenter and the search piece, we've now done 13 months. So we're, we're our, uh, May 5th was our, was our, um, May 5th was our year anniversary of AdCenter being out of beta. So, you know, in that sort of scenario, we, you know, we're, we're, we're comfortable where we are. Obviously, there's always going to be areas where we can find um, areas of improvement or efficiencies. But, you know, I, I would say from, from my point of view, um, you know, we're, we're fully functional and operational. Jeremy, sure. I think one thing yeah. to sort of add on to what James is saying, 
I would say we're definitely in the we've got our feet wet stage. Um, you know, Ad Center did launch about a year ago, but we've really learned so much in the last year. It, you know, it was a very new product for Microsoft to release. Um, it's a very customer-focused product, and we made a lot of decisions early on on what we thought would be the best ad platform for our customers. And we've definitely learned along the way that there are some other needs and priorities for our customers that we probably need to align with. Um, and, and we've really, over the last few releases, and you'll continue to see us moving towards this, you know, improving the ad center product so that it's faster for our customers, um, more stable, and easier to use are, you know, three things that we've definitely learned from our customers that those things are very critical. And it's something that, um, you know, now that our feet are wet, we're understanding what kind of boots we need to wear. <laughs> Maybe you're, there's some good yeah, analogy, anal- something there that we can um, take it for the next year as we, you know, take the product from beta to launch to actually being mature in the marketplace. Yeah, and I really, I mean, from the first time I, I think I, I really discovered you guys before I really started doing a lot of pay-per-click with some of the other engines. I mean, I had flirted with it and stuff, but never really really, really got into it until I started playing with AdCenter. And, I mean, it was it was really, I don't know, I'm trying to put it into words. It was really kind of a dream, the, the communication that you guys have versus the competition. I mean, when you call up and it's like second somebody answers the phone, you have a question about billing, they give you an answer or whatever. I mean, just to have somebody available... Uh, is is really really nice, and so I think that's a huge advantage that you guys have over the other engines is that you guys just have people that are available, and not only are they available, they're really knowledgeable. In you know, in my experience anyway. Well, I've got to say, from from the ad center point of view, we're we're, we're grateful for that commentary, and it's something that we strive to work to. And I think Jeannie may want to add to that. Yeah, I think that's um, Jeremy. Thanks for that comment because um, you know that is something that we we do try very hard. To, to distinguish ourselves by providing great service. And uh, one of the things that, that I know you know, Molly and Carolyn from um, the community team, we try and be um, at all of the different industry events so that we can reach out to customers and figure out where, where do we need to improve, what can we do better with the product, with the service, with the support, and take that information and then feed it back into the various groups that work on AdCenter. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, with that, we should go ahead and take our first commercial break. And uh, we have lots of questions here. And also, you can call in. I think Eddie has given out the call in or ask questions in the chat room. And I think Eddie has given out the phone number in the chat room. But right now, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. Stick around. Net income on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short break. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? 
Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. Don't get bullied by the big guys. LookSmart is your budget-friendly online advertising alternative, offering businesses of all sizes affordable, targeted, pay-per-click advertising. And whenever you need help, whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, LookSmart offers accessible customer support for all advertisers, no matter the size. We call it pay-per-click power to the people, and it's only available here at LookSmart. Log on to ppcpowertothepeople.com and join the revolution today. Warning! Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on WebmasterRadio.fm Now, join your host as we bring on the blade. Jerry Shoemaker. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And welcome back to the Ad Center team as well. And um, we're just going to kind of jump back into some of the questions here. Another one was, um, basically, why do, when, you, when you're placing your ads and, and getting your keywords, a lot of times the estimates will be almost unrealistically high. I mean, I'm sure you've you got to go on the high end if you're going to estimate, you know, because you wouldn't want to go low. But, but why do you think that is so high all the time? I think from, from my point of view, there is a, there's, a, there's a number of variables that, as I said earlier, with, with people who are saying different click-through rates and all sorts of different variables, um, that really uh, determine how much traffic you're going to see from the number of impressions. Now, the information that we do know is we know how many people actually search. But what we don't know, based upon every single individual advertiser um, necessarily, is what is a, an acceptable necessarily click-through rate to assign, or how do we potentially go to uh, creating sort of uh, the individual variable specific to that advertiser who's doing that particular search for their particular account. So as a result, there is a sort of a blended number that's assigned to taking those impressions and start working out all of the different variables in terms of you know what the estimated sort of costs and clicks and those sort of uh, impact are going to be. So as a result, for some, um, it may be an overestimate. For some, it may be an underestimate. And it's really sort of trying to get into the area of a ballpark number that gives sort of an idea of, 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 of where you could potentially go and where the spend needs to be. Now, granted, sometimes that number is, is, is higher than even, you know, if I had the best click-through rate I could ever imagine. And I think there are areas where as we um, move into the industry further. We're, we're a year in now with AdCenter as being released and obviously sort of 18 months of, of being uh, a, a tool. There are different tools that start to exist that continually to um, sort of warrant um, areas of tweaks and adjustments as we go forward. And this is potentially one of those areas. So um, as a result, it's sort of giving a ballpark at the moment. And then as we move forward, it's sort of taking feedback from folks 
the questions on on the website beforehand were were fantastic. From a you know these could be other areas looking for sort of product feedback even before we got a chance to answer them, um, so that we can start to refine a lot of what we're doing. So I think it, it just put it along the lines of thinking about it as a ballpark based upon blended variables, but because. Everyone has such unique performances based upon their own bidding, their own creative writing, their own, you know, um, keyword selection. That it's very difficult for us to say, uh, you know, advertise a. This is exactly where the the, the, the warranted traffic is going to be and and the expected uh, costs. Sure. And that, do you guys do you guys actually determine uh, just kind of jump and ship into some quality score issues? Do you guys have uh, a quality score assignment that you're doing now? Yeah, so this is Brian. We we released quality-based ranking about a month ago, just over a month ago. And okay. it was really in response to a lot of feedback that we had heard from our advertiser marketplace and our end users, was that they felt that the a lot of the ads that they were seeing were not relevant to what they would expect to be in the marketplace from an advertiser standpoint. And consumers really weren't finding what they were looking for. So we... Um, spent a lot of time with our teams and, and started looking at ways that we can improve quality on the network. You'll see that as a commitment from us moving forward and into the next year that we will continuously look to refine and improve the way that we provide quality to our end users and make sure they have the best experience possible. So today we do have quality-based ranking. It does impact advertisers who are are putting um, lower quality ads into the auction environment, whether they are putting in ads where the keywords are not relevant to the landing page, whether they are putting in ads where the copy is misleading and may offer a free good or free service that really isn't free. So take, for example, the free iPod when you have to sign up for a whole bunch of offers on the back end. The FTC has published guidelines that it's not really free. And we really are looking at creating that best experience for our end users, and those are the kinds of, of things that we've released in this first round of, of quality improvements that was the quality-based ranking. Got you. And, um, and there are some questions at the, in the chat room, actually, just you know, on what factors specifically do you look at for quality score? I think you touched on quite a few of them there. Um, you know, in particular to the quality score, do you actually, you know, do any spidering of the page, like trying to target out? I think what people are trying to get to are, are you trying to basically target affiliate marketers, or do you have anything against affiliate marketers, or just kind of maybe what's your view of affiliate marketers? No, so we, we're not going to be prescriptive of, of saying affiliate marketers are good or are bad. I think with, with any segment in the marketplace, you see that, that there are individuals who, who try to drive things that provide value to the end user and those who try to provide value solely to themselves and are not bringing value to the end user. One of the things that we really are committed to is if you look at, if you look at affiliates who provide value, we'd love for them to have great success in the marketplace. If you look at folks who are driving to to lead end users directly to a page that's full of ads and that is not providing additional value, then that's something that that we are that's being impacted by QBR and is has been rated by our consumers and by other advertisers a lower quality experience. So we do look at the keyword, we do look at the ad they are running, we do look at the landing page, and we are enjoying the technological challenge of trying to understand the landing page and how they all work together 
it's been one of the fascinating things that's been a part of the quality-based ranking experience is, is how we do that from a technology standpoint, and we're really excited about the way it's rolled out so far. But we want to make sure that, that when you look at it, if your gut tells you this is a great quality experience, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that you'll know will, will be a great experience for the end user. If you would go there and you would enjoy it, it and you're not the one making money off of it at the end of the day, you'll probably know that it's a great experience. So then would, would you, do you guys have people in place that are kind of like doing, I mean, I just imagine this is, is pretty hard to police, um, you know, something like this and determine which ones are a good, you know, buy to the user and which ones are not a good buy or, or something like that, kind of opinionated. I mean, is there somebody actually that's going to all these sites then and making that decision? No, so what we do is we, we've got a couple of things. One is that obviously we do have people who, who build the rules and build the technologies that, that help to enforce it, and that's, that's one thing where we listen to our advertising, we listen to focus groups of end users to determine what, what the broad brush strokes are around quality. Um, I think you see on all the networks, you, you don't want to overcorrect and uh, take a whole range of advertisers down for things that, that may or may not be a fuzzy match. So the things that, that we look at is how, how the keyword may fit a family of keywords that resemble those kinds of things. So the, the challenge is building the technology solution that stays ahead of the marketplace and making sure that the policies we, we do enforce, which are created by people, are the kinds of things that make advertisers and consumers happy. Oh, great. So, you know, and kind of just, just going forward, I know recently you probably saw, it's kind of hard to avoid in, in the space that we're in, with the big deal with Microsoft saying they're going to ban publishers June 1st. Some people thought it was strictly going after arbitragers. Some thought it was people going after made-for-adsense pages or affiliate marketers, um, or, you know, not lumping those two together, but kind of those three things. I just wondered what you guys, you know, think of arbitrage, because it seems like a lot of people uh, point out, you know, that they can buy from Microsoft to sell to Google. It's kind of a common thing you hear when you hear of search engine arbitrage. I just wonder if you guys, what your guys' stand on arbitrage is and and how you look at it as a business model. So, sorry, from, from so the June 1st announcement is, is, is Microsoft? It's, uh, that, that was part of the question, which, you know, there is, uh, you know, there are some areas that if we can take that to uh, a one-on-one conversation, that would be interesting to have. Um, was, it, was it a Google announcement you're referring to or a no. Microsoft announcement? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Actually, Google announced, well, Google sent out letters June 1st saying that certain people didn't meet uh, guidelines and of a business model, basically like that they're... Uh, their website content wasn't up to par and blah, blah, blah. And people took that and took guesses as to why they're doing it and said, well, it must be they're going after arbitragers or this or this. I had um, uh, a gentleman from Google on my show not too long ago who explained that, no, you know, they respected uh, arbitrage as, or, as a business model and, um, and stuff like that. And so it just seems that, you know, in search engine arbitrages, you guys get more into, and I, and I know you're in beta now with your content network and stuff like that. I mean, what I guess, what's your take on, on arbitrage, and, and are you guys against it, for it? Do you, I mean, just kind of how do you guys feel about it, or if, or if you just don't want to say that's cool, too? I think, Jeremy, you know, it's not really a question about arbitrage or site design or, or anything like that. I think what it comes down to is, are the results being shown to the end user um, beneficial to them? Are they the ones that they're searching for? 
Are they going to be connected in a quick way to the information that they're trying to get to, either that product, a, an ad, a newsletter, sign up, some sort of service? So, you know, within the scale of, like, what people often classify as arbitrage, there are a large number of things. Some of those sites, I think, are very useful to end users. Um, certain types of domain pages can oftentimes be very useful. Um, some of the sites that are designed for specific topics can be very useful to end users. Other sites which require multiple click-through rate, you know, click-throughs to get from one ad to another ad to another ad to another instance to another instance before you actually get to a landing page, I think are very difficult for end users. Um, you know, our philosophy has very much been centralized around a quality end user experience. It's one that our position is still evolving on what exactly the core components of that are. But one thing that we've, we know um, today is that from what we hear consistently from end users, they care less about how we would classify the page and more about how quickly they can get to the information that's most relevant to them. Sure. I think, I think that's a great um, way to look at it. In fact, it's kind of interesting because when all these people were taking a guess at who uh, you know, is being singled out, in, in Google's announcement, you know, that some of these people weren't meeting things, but they were very, very vague. Um, I just said, well, I don't think they're targeting anything specifically. I think they have to watch out for their advertisers, you know, and, and, and they see the, you know, which things are converting and which things aren't. So, you know, those people who are sending crappy target or uh, crappy traffic are probably getting these letters. So, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I think at the end what you're trying to say is that, it's all about the user experience, and if they either it converts and it's a good return for your advertisers, um, you know that the publishers have good, good con, good, uh, good sites, and or it's not. And so, if it's not, then that's obviously not going to work. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, so you're not against affiliate marketing or arbitrage or anything specifically. You're just about you're really into the user experience, and you want users to have a good experience using your search engine. Absolutely. And it's, and it's advertisement Enthusiastically, vehicles. we like everyone. <laughs> what we, sure. What we just have to make differentiations on when we actually serve an ad is which ad at that time, given that user, you know, sort of like that right place, right time, um, right message is the right one to show. Awesome. You know, we don't we don't want anyone at any point to feel tricked or duped into clicking on an ad on, on any of our properties. You, know, you look at you look at, at your page layout at shoemoney.com, and and the ads at the top and the right rail are value ads that somebody's going to go out of their way to click on, right? So they're going to find value in those advertisements. We're committed to making sure that that the ads that that we serve and the ads that we eventually will deliver through our platform are ones that provide value to that end user. Awesome. You know, speaking of advertising on Shoe Money, maybe our Wincar listeners expect to see Microsoft Ad Center ads on ShoeMoney.com. I don't, I don't know. I'm just giving you crap. So with that, we need to go <laughs> into our. that one. <laughs> with that, we need to go into our our next break. So, uh, Eddie, let's go ahead and roll the commercials. Stick around. Net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short break. Welcome to the Daily Searchcast. Dig beats Google News on the Rumsfeld story. Dig is in the doghouse. 
you know, I mentioned yesterday how, like, we had a story get dug, and then all the people were, like, dig commenting, like, and why'd they get dug rather than the actual story? Like, it was, like, our fault that somebody went through and submitted it or whatnot, and I silly posted out there. Anyway, so what Danny's going to do, bad. Danny's going to post a link to it in the dailysearchcast.com. That's right. Find yeah. the comments and give us a whole bunch of digs. And while you're at it, just keep submitting our stories to dig and also to iTunes. And you can also buy the t-shirt. No, you're going to be t-shirt. And you'll get a free yo-yo from it. Barry will send a yo-yo to everybody who gives him a dig. Oh, and then we'll get banned from dig because you're not allowed to give away yo-yos for digs. <laughs> the Daily Searchcast with Danny Sullivan. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out the Daily Searchcast Week in Review. Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $20 off. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine with net income on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, join your host as we bring on the blink, Jerry Shoemaker. All right, and we're back. You know, we had a lot of hard-hitting questions whenever I ask the audience for uh, questions. They always seem to be uh, pretty much cut to the chase. And so um, a lot of times uh, I really appreciate Microsoft Ads and our team members just coming on. We didn't talk about what questions would be asked. They just were like, well, come on, we'll answer questions, no problem. So, I mean, that that takes a lot to do that. So I really, really thank you guys for coming on and uh, just being open to your community, so live. So that's that's really a, a good thing. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hopefully okay. we'll come back. Yeah, so, all right, so some of the other questions we have here. How can I upload a large number of keywords? I have 12,000 uh, 12, keyword campaign on other search engines I wanted to import over. So I can answer part of this question. I think Jeannie has some good answers. Um, within Azure today, there are three ways in which you can easily upload additional keywords. Um, one... And I'm not going to give this step-by-step navigation. Um, maybe we can follow up with a post of this. It's actually a post on the blog now. So, okay. So we can get, make sure you have that link, um, James, or Sh- Jeremy, so that you no have problem. the right information to give users more detailed. Um, but the two ways within AdCenter are you can upload a spreadsheet, um, which follows a certain AdCenter format. Um, you can do that from the campaign management function within AdCenter. Um, and there's some details on, on how to do that. It, it can be a little bit cumbersome if you're taking the keywords directly from another third-party um, advertising campaign that you're running somewhere else in that you need to modify the format to map to the format that we have in our, um, that we have in our existing platform or in the spreadsheet. Um, a way that, that I really like, and 
which is a little bit easier, is we have a cut and paste functionality as well, where you could, it's sort of what we call power posting, where you can post a bulk number of keywords. I can't remember what the limit is. It may be 1,000, um, but you can actually, is it 10,000? It's actually 10,000 keywords. I think 10,000 was for the spreadsheet. 10,000 for the spreadsheet. I'm not sure what the power post function is. It may be fewer on the power post, and I can definitely follow up on what the exact number is. But um, that power post functionality allows you to copy, um, to cut and paste from whatever you know ad platform that you have or wherever you have your keywords residing in a spreadsheet, and then just upload them directly with bids attached. It's very similar to the functionality um, that you can find in some of our other competitors. You know, with the star star around the bidding, bid pricing, it follows some basic um, text formatting so that you can upload a, a bulk number of keywords at once. And then the third option is to contact our service teams, and Gina can give some insight into that program. Yeah, so um, we have a quick launch program that's designed to help advertisers get started, and um, one of the components of that program is help getting your keywords live into the system. And so if um, advertisers are interested in signing up for that, we encourage you to go to the blog. There's a link on the blog that goes to the quick launch sign-up form. And our blog is uh, adcenterblog.spaces.live.com. We also have um, some step-by-step -step instructions that, that take you through what Natalia was describing on the import functionality, which um, is in our uh, May archives. So if you check that out, there's a step-by-step -step with some screenshots on how to, how to import if you're interested in doing it the, using the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, I actually, I actually need to talk to you guys about your blog a little bit because I'm having, I have a few suggestions, but we can talk about that offline just, just, like, um, just in finding it. And also, for whatever reason, it shows me like a mobile version. I don't know if I've jacked up my browser somehow. But it always shows me like a mobile version for it, it, it takes me to like mobile live ad center and then it never like displays itself. I don't know. Are you using your uh, are you using your mobile phone? No, I'm using my computer. He's a man on the move. <laughs> I know. You can definitely troubleshoot that with yeah, you. No problem. Need to pull in a member of the spaces team. You know, we can call them over and help troubleshoot and make sure that it's working for you. Um, if other users are having similar issues, please let us know because it's something that. Uh, we can share with our, our teams cross-functionally, and the Spaces team is actually in the building next door. We have a really strong relationship with them, and they would love to hear that kind totally. of feedback. Yeah. Totally, yeah. to be fair. I mean, I jack with my browser agent all the time because I have a lot of mobile sites that are for phones, so I change it to emulate a phone, and you know, I want to make sure the detection's right. So, I mean, I, I thought I set it back right to the defaults, but I might not have. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I love... You guys ever thought about registering like Microsoft AdCenterBlog.com and just have it redirect? I just I can never remember the address to the to the site for whatever reason. So and it I seems think, like you know it's it's all great points and um, it's something that we're definitely we've been looking into and um, I think you'll find that our our team we're making a lot of investments in the community. Um, just some of the services and programs like the blog and the forums that we um, have out there. And so over the course of the next year, I think you'll see more and more um, moving in that direction. Um, I mean, just as a side note, we have um, a couple other things rolling out this year. Um, in, a, in addition to um, Carolyn and Molly, that I know you're, you, you know them pretty well. Um, Definitely. Mel, we have Mel in the UK. And then um, 
we are working on an accreditation program that will start up later this year. So it's just an example of one of the few things that we're, we're investing in, but the blog is definitely something that we're going to start investing more in over the course of the, of the calendar year. So yeah, great. And, and the one reason I bring it up just so much is because I think out of all of them, you guys by far have the most informative, you know, like things that will affect everyone, just tips and tactics on your blog. I mean, it's just like, here's how you do this. You know, I mean, you have like, like right now I'm looking at, you know, conversion tracking part four, you know, and it just it just has all this stuff. Is it Carolyn that writes most of your posts there? Well, um, there's quite a few folks that write. So Carolyn is one of our, um, she kind of drives the whole strategy around the blog, and she writes a lot of stuff. And then we have just a great team of folks that we tap into. So, for instance, that conversion tracking piece was done by Charles Thrasher, who's one of our media specialists, and he works on the team that um, manages uh, different clients. So we, we have you know, different folks from the product team, from the development team, um, from marketing that all write with us. And, and, awesome. And Jeremy, since you know us, both Jeannie and I a little bit, I think Jeannie's been a little bit shy, but she was actually just promoted to be our lead community manager. And we're all really excited for the direction the community seems to be taking in fiscal year 08 with this change. Um, I, I, I'm personally really thrilled. I'm sure, Jeremy, you've worked with Jeannie before in the past. So I think oh, yeah. She talks about strategic investments. There's been some really great strategic investments in, in leadership as well. Awesome. So we, we had some we have some other questions I want to get to. I want to talk a little bit more about your blog, but everybody listening, the blog is adcenterblog.spaces.live.com. It's great blog. They give a lot of great tips on there, so go there and check it out. Um, okay, so moving on to more questions. Um, a lot of people, this was a big one I wanted to get to, was with the API, a lot of people say, what do you need in order to have access to it? How can I get access to it? Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I can. I can talk to that. So, um, we haven't opened up the API to everyone just yet. Um, we are doing it on a um, on an invite basis, and it and it varies depending on you know the individuals who submit. They'll need to fulfill certain criteria, um, of which um, the API team has got. Um, specific information to go after and, and the Q&A on uh, that criteria I don't have to hand at the moment. But what I do know is if you go to the Ad Center website, there is a link that says interested in access uh, the Ad Center API and you could submit your, um, your request to be somebody who is uh, considered for the API. Um, and as a result, once we've, uh, once we've uh, taken in those requests, uh, someone from the API team will get back to you with, um, you know, a yes and a no and the rationale as to why. Um, so um, it, it's on the website. Um, it's something that, uh, as a follow-up to this, we may be able to um, point a link to it on the blog or do something in terms of a follow-up. But I think that it's important to um, to note that we aren't opening it up to everyone just yet. We're still working out the um, the areas of the API where it makes most sense to uh, to, to put it into the uh, the industry as a whole. Um, we are still fulfilling the uh, the criteria, which is the API, um, once granted access, will be free of charge. Um, and it's something that we're very um, strictly enforcing, and we do not intend to move away from that at the moment um, or any time in the foreseeable future. So, um, as I said, go to the site, um, submit your request. If you haven't had a response, and I know that there was a feedback that said, I haven't had a response, I submitted six weeks later, I'm still none the wiser. Um, again, that's that's another good um, avenue for you to engage with the Ad Center for on one alias, which 
um, I'll, I'll repeat, um, if this um, is relevant to the audience who's listening right now, which is adc411 at microsoft.com. Um, if you are still waiting for a reply or need some information, then uh, uh, drop an email to that alias, and uh, hopefully you should be able to uh, get the information you're looking for from the, uh, from the community team. Awesome. The, uh, another big question was about credits. Are you guys still doing some promotional offers, like $50, $100 here and there? And um, you know, how, can, how can users take advantage of those if you are? That's a great question, Jeremy. Um, we still offer for new users um, as part of our promotions. There's a, no, there's a number of, at any given time, there's a variety of different promotions in the field um, that are targeted for acquiring new customers. They range in value based upon uh, a number of criteria. So the direct way to get access to them, there's not typically a, a methodology for that. Got you. There was the next part was, can you get them to offer some sort of special for just for shoe money listeners? We've done that before. Yeah, we've done that before. Um, and it had some good success. There was a couple people who took advantage of it that I think took away some of the pie for some of the broader people. Dang those people. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we can certainly talk about that again. It was a fun promotion for all of us. Yeah, you were like one of our test test cases. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I was one of the one of the first people that actually had a cause I think it was like Shoe Money Show or something like that, Shoe Money Radio or something. So that was that was pretty interesting. All right. Yeah. So, do you guys want to talk any more about the credits? Do you guys still do you guys give them out at shows at all? Yeah. One of the uh one of the goals at shows is oftentimes there's no guarantee that every show you'll you'll get one, but chances are at the moment you may very well do, which is, um, you know, if you visit the booth, talk to uh, one of the uh, ad center representatives, chances are you'll be um, issued with a, with, a, with a, you know, get started credit. So uh, ever more reason to come visit the ad center booth at uh, SMX next week. All right. So um, another question we had was, uh, is it true that in order to target countries other than your own, you have to have multiple accounts in other currencies in order to have access to those markets? Um, so absolutely not. With an ad center, when you create an account, uh, that account is created in a specific market. But then when you set your targeting, you can select to show your ad in multiple markets. Um, and, the, and the methodology by which, you, by which you pay for each click is determined when you actually set up your account. You select a currency, and that's the currency at which you're billed throughout, the, throughout your time with ad center. It's actually a permanent setting. Gotcha. Now this one, this one's kind of a diffy, difficult question here. It says, um, "Well, first it said I would like an in-depth discussion of their quality score algorithm. I think we've done that, but it said um, and information to clarify how it will help affiliate marketers and not punish them. And I think what they're trying to get to is, do you ever think that you will have, you know, some sort of console on which you will reveal the quality score of a website?" and perhaps offer tips or tactics on how the person can improve that. So one of the things that, that we've been committed to and that we really strive towards is transparency. And if you look, and I'm gonna, let me jump to one thing and I'll jump back, but if you look at what we've done on the AdLab front at adlab.microsoft.com, 
you'll see that we're starting to provide a lot of data and information insight to the general marketplace as a whole. And one of the things that we've done from a platform standpoint back in Ad Center as well is really pushed for transparency and information. That's something that we are committed to and we're going to continue to do. When and how we release those things is a juggle with how we release all the different features to, to the marketplace. So, you know, that's definitely something that we've talked about and we'd love to do, just don't know when, when we'd be able to have those kinds of tools available. We, you know, when you look at, when you look at the kind of tools we have available from a demographic standpoint, where you can take a look at, at your audience and understand the demographic makeup of your audience, whether you want to target them or not, we really believe that insight is a great thing. So over time, absolutely committed to more insights and more information. Just the when we would deliver those types of things is, is the tricky part. Gotcha. So um, let's see, a few last questions here. Um, any plans for better mass editing for keywords? Absolutely. I think one of the things that we've heard a lot of feedback from customers is that bulk management and bulk manipulation of keywords, keyword pricing, addition of keywords, um, and, and ad management and ad creation is a huge request, and it's one that we've definitely got resources put on to, to figure out what's the best solution for our customers. Can I talk about a specific release or a specific product functionality? Not today, but I can tell you that we hear this feedback and we're listening. So definitely if you have specific things that you want us to know about, let us know via the ADC411 at Microsoft.com alias because it's a, it's a great time to provide us with that kind of feedback. Okay. One of the... One of the Questions I definitely wanted to get to before we run out of time here um, is something that I hold kind of dear to my heart with, with doing a ton of, of kind of automated, well, not automated, but in a, in a sense automated, generated, uh, when I generate lists and CSV files and stuff like that. Basically, um, the question is, you know, you guys have a dynamic keyword insertion, but you don't have the ability to set a default keyword, and people are wondering, you know, if you're, if you're ever going to provide that ability. That's another can, one that's on the roadmap. It's something that we see as being okay. critically important. There's a, a couple of features that customers have asked for in terms of parameters. One is default capitalization or ability to set capitalization within the way in which they put their parameter, the keyword within their parameter. Um, they've asked for specific parameters so that if you have a content ad versus a search ad, you can have that information display a different URL for tracking purposes. Um, we've also heard some pricing that people have asked for, and then, of course, we've heard for default keyword um, to be in there as well. Those are things that are definitely feedback that we've heard consistently and feedback that we really want to deliver on. I, I can't give you a date for when that sure. will happen, but um, I appreciate that you taking the time to tell us because it's, it's that kind of feedback that makes it easy for us to get back to the development team and share it with them directly. Yeah. And, and yeah. one thing I would recommend is if, if you are using dynamic text for your ad creative, your ad copy, um, perhaps consider having an ad in your in your set of ads that's just um, not using the parameters, so that it so that at least you have um, that one that you know is going to get through editorial because you won't you won't run into any issues where it's like um, exceeding the link. Got you. One one of the things that I've done in just generating, I mean, basically what we do is we take our internal search data for our sites. And then, you know, bid on those keywords, you know, and then see what our ROI is on there. So what we did is we just basically set a, a wraparound for if the, you know, if the keyword's longer than X, then use this default keyword, you know. So, 
so it's a, and then just and kind of worked it in otherwise. But but it would be nice to have that functionality just available there. So, but but there is ways around it, definitely. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I was going to say that that um, you know if if there's any takeaway from from the commentary that you've heard from a lot of this, which is, you know, we're exceptionally willing and excited to hear any kind of feedback that we get, whether it's in the blogs, in the forums, or in the Q&A type of scenario. And oftentimes there are going to be questions that we might not necessarily be able to answer right now, but that's not to say we either won't be able to answer them, you know, in, in weeks or months to come, and whether we answer them through radio shows like today or whether you actually start to see them migrate and start to generate in the tools. So, you know, as you see things like full-text search appear in, in the latest um, our spring release of Ad Center that just uh, came and went. That is a classic example of where you know we hear this feedback consistently saying, "I just need to find my keywords," and ultimately you'll find that ends up in the tool. So as a result, it's sort of you know the more we hear, the happier we are, and the more we hear about one particular subject, the easier it is for us to understand the industry impact and the market impact that the change will have. So um, we just encourage everyone to keep you know keep talking, keep passing the feedback, no matter how it happens, because we really do use it. Gotcha. One thing I really, uh, that was brought up in the chat room, I didn't get this before, and it's kind of just being sprung on you, but I think it is a good question, is what's your policies on bidding on trademarks? So we have, um, you know, a number of, um, you know, information, and, and, and if you're able to, you know, there is uh, information in our policies on, on uh, bidding on trademark variables. It's really looking at, you know, what is the impact going to be on, you know, the, um, the, 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 the advertiser? So, say, for example, if we took the scenario that you sell Sony products and Sony happened to have trademarked the word Sony and you're actually a legitimate reseller, there are nuances and areas there where trademark use and you know, working in that particular area is acceptable. However, if you have no content on your website, you do not sell that particular product or you do not have that service or you don't have that content, then that's where you know, trademark violations actually appear. So as an advertiser, if you see that kind of activity happening, you can actually submit a trademark um, form which comes through to us and we'll work on it. But it really goes back to all of those sort of the commentary that we've been having all the way through which is it's all about the end user experience. If you said I'm looking for a particular product and you see an ad of someone saying I'm looking for this particular trademarked product and there's an ad that there that doesn't clearly sell that particular product, then that's an issue because the end oh, yeah. user experience is damaged. So it's really looking at it in that particular scenario and if you go to our website and look at our policy areas you can see that particularly laid out and that's how we look at it. But every advertiser has the opportunity to say, you know, I'm going to file a, uh, file a, uh, a petition to say that these particular areas and these advertisers clearly are not affiliated, not selling, and it's not a good user experience and work on it. But there are nuances that exist whereby, you know, advertisers are able to bid on that particular word based upon, you know, their particular business model and their relationship with that particular trademark. Okay, yeah. Well, you guys, it's been an hour, and we have come to the end of the show. I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on. And I think we covered about 95% of all the questions that we had. I know a lot of them weren't easy, and some of them were right on the spot. But um, you guys are, are awesome just to come on and uh, on short, on pretty much short notice. I think we had about two weeks' notice to come on, and, and uh, thanks a lot. I know a lot of people found this very informative. Everybody in the chat room is, is pretty thankful for all the questions that you've given, for all the answers that you've given. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having us. I think I speak for everyone, and I'm sure people yeah. want to comment, but thank you. Thanks for having us, right. Jeremy. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Eddie, thank you for always doing a great job producing. And everybody, make sure you go to check out the Ad Center booth 
at Search Marketing Expo next week. And for all the official news, you can go to AdCenter's blog at adcenterblog.spaces.live.com. And uh, we will see you next week.